Mr. Soda, Northern Dash, the Coupe Chevrolet. Oh, give me the crack of the new daddy you got. Buzzing. Tell me what's happening. This is the Pyrolite Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 39. I, of course, am your host, Pyromaniac Mo. Give me a follow on Twitter, if you would, folks, at Pyromaniac Mo. That is all letters P Y R O M A N I A C M O. On episode 39 today, we welcome back a Pyro great Dave T. Thomas, NFL scout, longtime talent. Evaluator for many an NFL organization. We are talking rookie quarterbacks and rookie tight ends. This is a fantastic episode if you are a dynasty guy. All kinds of names to file away, especially these rookies. If you're doing MFL 10s, uh, you know you've got some uh, later round picks, 17, 18, 19, 20, that you're going to be looking at some of these guys. And like I said, especially dynasty, this is a great episode. And Lord knows it's just fun talking football with Dave T. Now. Before we get there, uh, the music that brought us in today was Professor Longhair. That was Mardi Gras in New Orleans off the Rock and Roll Gumbo album. Of course, he is one of the holiest of holies in the New Orleans sound scene for decades now. Professor Longhair, as always, stay tuned at the end of today's episode to hear the song in its entirety. Hey guys, it's been a, it's been a good spell since I've been on. And uh, I got to tell you, it took an awesome trip to San Francisco. Now, the way home was an odyssey unto itself. But let's just talk about what happened there. Went to see the last two nights of a three-night run at the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium Fish. Uh, I freaking loved it. I went with my best friend uh, from college, Northern Arizona University. We were best men in each other's weddings, so it was great to see him. But man... Mike's Groove, they pulled out a Sanity, Fluffhead, McGrupp, uh, Julius. They covered No Quarter from uh, Zeppelin. They even did an acapella space oddity from David Bowie, and they sang the music parts. They sang the guitar parts, kind of like a, they used to do with Freebird for a while, for those of you fish heads out there. Now, it was just fantastic. Plus, San Francisco is so cool. We went down Lombard Street, the crookedest street in the world, also the hilliest. If you watch those old Steve McQueen movies like Bullet, those are the ones he's flying over the hills and it's scraping the bottom of the car. I actually did a submarine tour. I am a sucker for submarine movies. Das Boot, one of my favorites. Uh, that was super cool. Hiked around the Legion of Honor Museum in Lincoln Park. What a great park. You, you can hike out to uh, the bay, the cliffs. You can see the Bay Bridge. You can see um, the Golden Gate. Uh, of course, you can see Alcatraz. Uh, so great, beautiful hiking. Eucalyptus trees but also the the art was phenomenal uh, egyptian sarcophagus but they had these famous paintings and statues the thinker statue was there housed in this beautiful romanesque facility i just had such a fantastic time man loved san francisco but i am back to talk fantasy baby 
and it is getting that time of year, guys. So if you are setting up a new league, go to leaguesafe.com forward slash pyro. That's P-Y-R-O. Not only are they going to take care of the payment collection and, of course, payout at the end of the season, they're going to give you 10 bucks just for signing up with the Pyro promo. That's at leaguesafe.com forward slash pyro. You can get all the details, but basically you get 10 bucks as long as you do two things. Have $250 in your league balance and have at least five unique paying members. That's it. Boom. Look, we're all going to play. So instead of worrying about the hassle of making sure everybody sends their money and then uh, not spending that money and getting that money out to the guy who wins at the end of the year, let League Safe do it. They're going to give you 10 bucks in the account just for doing it. LeagueSafe.com forward slash Pyro. Also, wanted to remind guys what we got going on over at Pyromaniac.com. Lots of exciting goo for you. Sign up to be a Pyro Pro. We're doing all sorts of great stuff. Weekly rankings. Uh, we just put out uh, a snapshot of what it was like, uh, what what it looks like. Our weekly rankings, the news feed, uh, the news feeds. It's just fantastic stuff. You can ask us direct questions. There's a resource toolbox. You can follow up to 100 players. I think that's great. We're all in all these different leagues. Uh, let Pyro worry about who to follow. We track the info. We give you the write-ups you need to know. We tell you what you need to know, the rankings. Let us do it. It's uh, Pyro Pro. Of course, we got our draft kit. Just worked on the latest and greatest version, over 20 tabs of mass destruction, sleepers and busts, power rankings. You get cool charts that others aren't giving you. Return on investments, snap counts, team tendencies. We look at a Pyro mock draft. So much more. Uh, for just 20 bucks, all the information you need to know is at pyromaniac.com. Also want to tell you guys about facebook.com forward slash podcast network. That's facebook.com FF podcast network. FF podcast network. Here you can find a sample of fantasy football shows. A whole bunch of us in the community. We were in a, a Twitter group together. We promote one another. We go on each other's shows. We got a show coming up, an episode coming up. Basically five minutes from a total of eight or nine of us, eight or nine different podcasts. We all list about three breakout players, and you get to hear not only fantastic fantasy information about breakouts, but you get to get the inside track on some of these really cool podcasts that are out there. So that's going to be coming out. Pyromaniac is going to release that episode very soon. You can get some more info about some of those podcasts at facebook.com forward slash FF podcast network. Of course, give our show some love if you would, Pyromaniacs. Take five minutes from your day, leave us a review over on iTunes. Here's a recent one from Pantera Hates iTunes. I have listened to the Pyromaniacs for a long time, but now finally leaving a review. It's very detailed and well-articulated podcast. I highly recommend if you want deep analysis. Why, thank you, Pantera Hates iTunes. Thank you very much. Uh, so do as Pantera Hates iTunes has done. Leave us a review. It truly does help us, guys. If you like what you hear, pay back the love. All right. Today, one of the most colorful analysts in the business. Nobody can turn a phrase like Dave T. Thomas, sports writer, talent evaluator, scouting personnel consultant for many NFL teams. He runs the sports blog, the NFL Draft Report. Fire up your internet machine and go to NFL draftreport.sportsblog.com. Now, I've been tweeting out links uh, recently 
to his sports blog. You can find that on my Twitter account, at PyromaniacMo. Now, over on the sports blog, on Dave's site, he provides the public access to his infamous NFL draft report. That's something that has been given to teams, teams have paid for, over over 40 years, and now he is bringing it to the public. I kid you not, you will be stunned by the wealth of info there. You're going to feel like you're a GM getting the scouting reports on these guys. It is off the charts amazing. Again, that is the nfldraftreport.sportsblog.com. Dave T. Thomas also runs Scouting Services. He is a pyro favorite and back for his fourth visit today talking rookie quarterbacks and tight ends stay tuned we're going to continue our dave t thomas talks uh we're going to get to hear from patriots camp he's going to be there uh when patriots camp opens up we're going to talk to dave t that's going to be exciting got some cool stuff planned this year with dave but as i said today we've got rookie quarterbacks and rookie tight ends with a pyro favorite dave t thomas enjoy all right pyromaniacs the long wait is over. We are joined once again uh, by one of our favorites, one of the most colorful analysts in the business. Nobody can turn a phrase like Dave T. Thomas. He is a sports writer, talent evaluator, scouting personnel consultant for many organizations in the NFL. He runs the sports blog, the NFL Draft Report. Uh, fire up your internet machine and go to http colon forward slash nfldraftreport.sportsblog.com. Now, I've been tweeting links to this the past couple days. Uh, you can find that on my Twitter account, at PyromaniacMo. On his site, he provides the public access to his infamous NFL Draft Report, something NFL teams have received for over 40 years. Now, guys, I kid you not. You will be stunned by the wealth of info you find there. You feel like you're a GM getting the scouting reports on these guys. It is off the charts amazing. Again, NFLDraftReport.SportsBlog.com. Dave T. also runs Scouting Services. As I said, he's a Pyro favorite. Back for his fourth time with me on the Pyro Light Fantasy Football Podcast. We're talking rookie quarterbacks and rookie tight ends. Dave T., how are you, sir? Hey, big guy. I tell you, I'm looking out there at the crop of quarterbacks that were drafted. I'm more excited about what happened on day three than I am on day one or two. Well, we're going to discuss uh, the top 10 drafted. We're actually going to probably discuss 12 and then about five tight ends and then anybody that's on your mind. Now, just to remind some folks, on episode 33, you and I talked about rookie running backs. Episode 35, we talked rookie wide receivers. Here we are, episode 39, talking quarterbacks and tight ends. You know, but before we get into it, it's been a while since I've talked to you. Uh, what have you been up to on the road? Uh, we, we're actually getting ready to hit on the road. Uh, we just completed our offensive uh, reports. We got them all out to the teams. Uh, by a matter of fact, over at the draft site, not only are the ratings there, but we have uh, draft history at each position, analysis of the top players to look for in the 2017 draft, and also scouting reports on some of the players. Uh, what we're doing right now is we're wrapping up our defensive reports, which we should have done by this week, and then boom, we are in training camp. Yeah, you dynasty fantasy football players, you IDP players, I'm telling you, nfldraftreport.sportsblog.com is for you. Now, Dave, you mentioned uh, you're going to be visiting some satellite camps. 
well, I was going to head down to a couple of satellite camps full this bad weather is at the Midwest. Uh, the big thing was I was trying to get down south. I want to see what's going down at the Southeastern Conference this year because I think that we're going to have some problems with the boys down at Alabama. I think that the situation mm-hmm. with Cam Robinson is going to blow up probably as big as Laramie Tunsil's did before this thing is all over with. I just want to get a feel for what's going on down there because there seems to be a lot of, how could I put it, heated talk coming from Nick Saban, especially when he's been going after the media. So uh, something's cooking down at Bammer, and i got to get down there and stem the tide. Wow, uh, that's that's great. And it's kind of what I wanted to ask you about here before we get uh, down to the nitty-gritty. Uh, but in your opinion, what are some universities that really get their kids ready? Universities from, from top to bottom, really fine collegiate football programs that get their guys ready to go to the NFL? Well, you look at Alabama and the guys they've kicked out there, but I, I got my hats off to Les Miles. My hat is definitely off to Urban Myers because even the rookies, even the underclassmen that come out at Orange draft and are now being looked at as viable contributors to their team. Case in point, Jalen Marshall. Here's a kid two years ago. He was a quarterback. He didn't get drafted in the draft, but already the New York Jets have assigned him duties as their punt and kickoff returner, and he's already running second string at the flanker position. You go back and look at some other programs out there. I'm telling people right now, the way I look at it right now, I'm wondering who the challenger is going to be for Michigan in the national championship game. Crazy man Jim Harbaugh has got that team pumping. If you look at our ratings, the top out of the top eight ball players on our overall chart, six of them are Michigan players, and all of them are upperclassmen. I know a lot of Wolverine fans are going to be happy to hear that, especially in this neck of the woods where I'm living right now. Well, you know, if we went on paper right now, I would say it would come down to Clemson uh, taking on uh, Michigan in the game. But uh, it's going to be anybody up against Michigan. But I'm sure as heck no over here that Harbaugh is going to have those guys playing for number one. All right, all you uh, Vegas bookies out there, you you heard it here first, U of M, and I believe you even made that call the last time I talked to you, U of M in the big game. Oh, they got a, they got an offensive tackle over there, Marcus Cole, that I think is going to be the second coming of Joe Thomas. They were even talking about moving him over to the center. If they move him over to the center, I see that kid bolting out, even though he's got two years left, and I see him being probably a top five selection. You look at Butt there, tight end, Jake Butt. He's probably the best tight end in the game. Right now, what they need, they need to... To settle something over at the quarterback spot. O'Quan transferred over, and you know this will be an interesting fact. But watch their backfield. They got a big bruise in back. Devon uh, Smith over there. They got a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. He's loaded for bear, and that's usually what you're going to find from Jim. Well, you gave us a couple of NFL, or I'm sorry, uh, college programs. Let me ask you, what are some NFL programs that you really think are cut above? Runs a tight ship from top to bottom. Oh, definitely. That's the New England Patriots. Everybody else takes a backseat to what New England does up there. Why? Because look what he does. Not only does he bring in the guys that need that second or possibly third chance, but he likes the veterans and he blends in the rookies real well. When you get up there, it's not a matter of, hey, I just came out of college two months ago, or hey, hey I've been in the league 12 years. You got to do this. You got to do that. Everybody's on equal ground. And that's what I like from Bill. No surprise there with uh, Bill Belichick. Uh, let's look at the coaches that came out of that coaching tree, guys, he's worked with. It's quite impressive. They call it the Patriot way for a reason. 
And even look at the front offices around the league. Look at Cleveland uh, uh, with the people there. Look at Detroit. I mean, look at the Rams. I mean, these are all people that came from the Builders Check program. It, you mentioned Cleveland. What do you think? Well, Sashi Brown and they're bringing all these analytics guys in there. Uh, what do you think about that movement? You know, as a matter of fact, uh, that report's probably going to go up next week over at NFL Rumors site. Uh, I just did a big thing on that. Out of their 14 selections over there, we have what's called a draft value board. It was sort of set up by Jimmy Johnson years ago, and a lot of teams start using it. Based on a draft value board, only two of their selections in this year's draft out of the 14 met the draft value. So we're staring at, uh, how can I put it, Sashi Brown and the baseball man over there. This is not money yeah. ball, guys. You don't win by quantity. You win by quality. And I think they blew it by trading down on number two because look what they got over there. They got Venus DeMilo, a quarterback, and Robert Griffin, number three. Yeah, that's one of those uh, situations we're going to we're gonna get to uh, coming up. But as I said, we're covering rookie quarterbacks and tight ends we're starting with the qbs now we got 10 guys that were drafted in rounds one through five of course everybody's familiar with the big two which we're going to discuss but again you dynasty players and and those playing in deeper fantasy leagues this is a great episode for you so let's kick it off i'm going to set it up for you here dave t uh jared goff taken from university of california drafted by the rams first pick overall the rams had six picks and they took Five offensive positions, all skilled players. They need it. The Rams were dead last in yards per game, the only NFL team that failed to get at least 300 yards per game. What do you think of Goff? They say he is NFL ready. What do you think of this kid? Well, I know Les Snead and Jeff Fisher right now got Mayflower on speed dial because if Jeff Go- uh, Jared Goff does not come through for them, you're going to see the general manager and head coach out the door. They're never going to make it a cronky world. What's going to come down over here is I like Goff as a quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I think he's an efficient quarterback. Uh, quality of the school he came out, I see some similarities to Aaron Rodgers there. But the biggest thing that bothers me are the small hands. And I'm not talking about the small hands to the point of he can't throw the ball. I mean, in three years, this is a ball player that had 23 fumbles. 23 fumbles after being sacked 48 times. All of them came on the sacks. So I'm more worried about ball security with this guy. Hell, I don't want Joe Pisacic sitting in my backfield. The New York Giant fans could remember that fumble. <laughs> now, you said Jared Goff, most comparable. Jared Goff, most comparable to Aaron Rodgers? As far as throwing ability goes. Mobility, you know, he's a classic stay-back-in-the-pocket type. I think due to his weight and everything else, he's not going to frighten any second-level defenders if he happens to make it up into that area. But I like his passing ability. My question is, what do they have at the wide receiver spot? I mean, Tavon Austin, outstanding speed, but that guy couldn't run a route to save his life. Kenny Britt, you never know if he's going to show up for work Tomorrow he's going to end up being released from jail. Uh, they're, yeah. they're looking at a situation at tight end where Lance Kendrick could catch the ball, but he can't block. You look no. at their offensive line. I mean, if you look at that offensive line over there, they might as well send it over to Switzerland because it's got more holes in their cheese. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, Tavon Austin, uh, to me, he's just a guy they've never really figured out how to use. Do you like the way Jeff Fisher runs the team? I know he, he's kind of split. A lot of older guys really love him. Uh, some of the younger crowd don't like the way he he makes the calls. What do you think of 
Fisher's coaching. I'm not a fan of Jeff's coaching. I'm looking at what he does over there, and I hear Peggy Lee going through my ear. Is that all there is? Is that all there is? He's got a good defense, but he's even screwing around with that. I think getting rid of Laurinaitis is really going to hurt him. Okay, he was getting long in the tooth, but the thing is, he was smart enough to know how to get the 10 other guys into position. Now you move in Ogletree over there, and when that kid was at Auburn, if uh, one thing about him was he was so dumb he couldn't even tie his shoes. And now all of a sudden, you're going to make him call defensive signals, and you're going to take a veteran like Chris Long off your defensive line? Uh, okay, Chris has been banged up the last two seasons, but outside of Aaron Donald, they really don't have anything that I could look at and say, okay, this is a quality pass rusher. And when your best pass rusher is your defensive tackle, you got trouble coming off the edge. Yeah, it's it's never really impressed me. Even um, he just seems like a he's stuck in a mindset of a game that really has out evolved him. Speaking of Jeff Fisher. I think with um, him, it's like, uh, let's play 500 ball. Yay. And even that right. he hasn't been able to accomplish. Amazing he's had a job so long. I, I, can't I think it. that you'll see Kroenke keep him around till the stadium is open. Once that stadium is open, if they're not a playoff contender by then, it's going to be cleaned house. All right, Pyromaniacs, you knew number one golf was coming, but you got to stay tuned for more. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Talk on the Pyrolite Podcast, give me a follow. I'm Pyromaniac Mo, all letters on Twitter. Also, if you want to help out the show in your fantasy football career, head on over to Pyromaniac.com for information about our draft kit on sale now. You can also sign up to become a Pyro Pro. Info at Pyromaniac.com. I'm talking to longtime NFL scout and talent evaluator, Mr. Dave T. Thomas. Do yourself a favor. Check out the NFLDraftReport.SportsBlog.com for Dave's incredible work. Uh, that's nfldraftreport.sportsblog.com. We are talking rookie quarterbacks, tight ends to come, so stay tuned. All right, gang, welcome back. As I mentioned, we are here with a pyro favorite, Mr. Dave T. Thomas, and we are talking rookie quarterbacks right now. So, number two, we just talked golf. Number two, everybody knows Carson Wentz from North Dakota State, taken by the Eagles. He was the second overall pick. Now, they've got Bradford. They've got Chase Daniel ahead of him. Uh, A lot of folks really like his ceiling, but they said he wasn't as NFL-ready as golf. What do you think of Wentz? I love Wentz. I mean, I look at Wentz, and I see a guy over here that's similar to Cam Newton as far as running with the ball, and as far as standing tall in the pocket, that's another Ben Roethlisberger. The only thing I question is, now you got $30 million tied up into one position over here. Last time I checked, you're only allowed one football on the football field. I think that it's going to come down to a problem where Bradford's going to smile now, but as Bradford starts struggling out there on the football field, what you're going to see is he's going to start throwing in to the silly character he was in the locker room with the Rams. I mean, come off it. Do you think that the Rams got him out the door to give him a better opportunity? They got him out of the door because they didn't want any more problems when the doors closed. Now you're bringing in Carson Wentz over here. Okay, you got Peterson uh, uh, to coach him up and everything, but I look at this program that Philadelphia got, and this is not even a 500 team. 
They got issues at the linebacker spot. They're going back to a 4-3 defense, so the guys are going to have to adjust on that side of the ball. You look at their offensive line. I mean, outside of Jason Kelsey, nobody really played well on that front wall last year. I mean, Jason Peters, yeah, he made the Pro Bowl and everything, but did he make it due to 2015 or due to his performance back in 2014? That's the problem I see with that team. Yeah. Uh, do, now, let me ask you this. Do you like what Chip Kelly was doing, or was it time for him to get out the door and bring in a, a Doug a Peterson? Chip Kelly does not belong in the NFL. He's a very good college coach, and I tell everybody that goes around in the NFL, get rid of the spread offense. The problem with the spread is, is that very few teams in the NFL use it, and the ones that use it, for some reason, boom, what do they have? They got pro-style quarterbacks. I mean, look at San Francisco. You you go look at Gabbert. Gabbert's not going to be that guy that's going to be out there on rollout and pitch outs. So maybe Colin Kaepernick, but first you got to get Colin onto the football field because of all of the injuries he has. Later on, we'll discuss a little sleeper. They got there, a kid by way of Florida who ended up at Louisiana Tech. Yeah, a lot to come. Uh, Vegas, now, speaking of Philly, Vegas has them at seven and a half wins. I believe that's uh, half a game over what they did last year. Uh, you don't even think they can get to seven and a half, though, do you? Or just I, over seven? I see this team right now being a 5'11 team. I see them having problems with their running unit. I see them having problems as far as chemistry in the locker room because what they're going to have is three high-priced quarterbacks and nobody really playing well. Yeah, we already saw Bradford kind of pitch a fit. Uh, early on. I, I mean, so. it took the veterans to tell the guy to come back into camp. But I'm sorry, there is one thing on my football team. My quarterback and my middle linebacker, they got to be tough SOBs. They got to be the guys that stand tall in the locker room. Yeah. They got to be the guys that everybody else wants to be. Well put. I, I agree fully. And yeah, I don't think Bradford is <laughs> the guy anybody wish is uh, wishing they were. Well, you go up and look at New England. Look at Tom Brady. Look what happened right. during the draft. Next thing you know, Kevin Falk shows up wearing a support Tom Brady shirt. You turn around and listen to all of the people in the locker room up there. They love Tom. They'll do anything they can for Tom. You go back and look at a Boomer Esaias, and that's not going to happen. You go back and look at Sam Bradford. That's not going to happen. I mean, is this a guy I want to lead my team, or is this the guy where Howie Roseman is sitting out there and playing his own folly of football? And speaking of a testament to Michigan man Tom Brady's character, he, he recently came out and said he's dropping the lawsuit. He's just putting it to bed, whether that be he was fighting an uphill battle, whether that be with the state of the world today. He doesn't want to take this negative spotlight, but I think that's good for the team may not be good for him and his reputation, but I think it's good for the team and something a leader does. Well, I think it's more of a slap on the commissioner than anything else because the commissioner right now thinks he's Donald Trump and anything that he yeah. says is going to get passed by. I'm liking that Tom decided to take four games as the season opens rather than four games as the season ends. Why? Because put Garoppolo out there. Let's see what you get. I mean, even if he goes two and two, by the time Tom comes back, I got fresh legs at quarterback in Tom Brady. Uh, four games into the season, five games into the season, my opposing defenses might be a little bit banged up so I could take advantage of it. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting what's going to happen. I'm excited to see what Jimmy G can do. Uh, well, they've got 
Cardinals, Dolphins, Texans, Bills. Well, I tell you one person that is definitely looking to see what Jimmy G could do, and that's pick number 91 in this draft, Jacoby Brissett, because if Jimmy G does not come through during those four games, Jimmy G will not be in camp in 2017 as a Patriot. Well, let's jump ahead to Jacoby Brissett. He was the fifth overall taken from NC State. Uh, Patriots picked him third round, 29th pick. Um, we're again. We said we're going to see what Jimmy Garoppolo can do. Brissett right now is slated to be the backup for the first four games. Then of course Tom Brady returns. Is he the future? Is Brissett the future for the Robert Kraft ship, or is this too early to tell? I don't know if he's really the future. I don't see him as a franchise quarterback, but I do see him as a good bargaining trade ship down the road. I mean, you're talking about a guy with a strong arm. I mean, look at the spin on his spirals. I mean, he can throw the entire root tree. He understands touch, controlling his ball with the speed that he does. I mean, I love it. He knows how to use the trajectory. His own only problem is, is years over at State, he's never had a quarterback coach. Listen, it was Bill Parcells that told Coach Belichick, draft this guy. He listened to his old mentor, and his old mentor knows a little bit of uh, thing about quarterbacks. Go back and look at the Bledsoe-Tom Brady thing. Go back and look at Phil Simms. This is a guy that developed quarterbacks in his own game, and he's telling uh, Belichick, this is a guy that you want. I like him because he's a very good improviser. Okay, he is inconsistent out there, but oh my God, what natural body power behind his throws. And like you say, one, a couple of good guys to have in your corner there. You got the coach and you got legendary Parcells pulling for you. And understanding the route tree has got to be uh, tops in Bill Belichick's uh, system. Do you see the way that kid runs with the ball? I mean, he brushes off con- uh, contact when he's running that ball up into the second level like I brush off my dandruff. <laughs> Selson Blue, my friend. I, I invest regularly. Uh, number three. Paxton Lynch from Memphis, the kid's a monster, 6'7", 244. As I said, third quarterback taken, last quarterback taken in the first round. The Broncos picked him up. Uh, Only Mark Sanchez ahead of him. Now, do you think this kid might succeed if they throw him in, let's say Sanchez stumbles? Uh, Is he going to succeed? Let me, Go for it. Let me put it to you this way. He's in a great place in Denver. Why? Because they get a lot of snow. Because why? I say Paxton Lynch is probably the biggest flake in this draft. I said the same Ooh. thing about Patterson when Minnesota took that wide receiver a bunch of years ago. And look where Patterson is now. I mean, if you yeah. can find him on a depth chart anywhere, man, you, you probably got a submarine to pull him back up. I think they made a big mistake there with Paxton Lynch. I don't really? look at this guy. Well, you go back and look at his statistics uh, uh, back in college. He played in a very, very simple system. Can he succeed in the NFL? I just don't think so. As a matter of fact, I think that it's going to be a free agent that's going to end up starting a quarterback for them, and that's Tracy Simeon. I think that what Kubiak has done with this guy over here, he's going to have to sit back and say, listen, we'll put Paxton Lynch on the bench for a year. And then in 2017, he'll have to sit down and he'll have to fight with Elway over, hey, I want my boy in there. And Kubiak's going to say, but look what Simeon has done. I think Simeon is going to be the rising star in this year's NFL season. Will he start to open up the season? I think they're going to go with Sanchez, but knowing Sanchez, he's either an injury or a flub on the football field waiting to happen, and I see that by the second or third game. Sanchez, he he took the Jets to two um, championships, did he not? Yeah, but also you got to look at one thing. How many stickers does he got on his travel luggage right now? 
I mean, this yeah. is his third stop in what, two years? Yeah, the the infamous butt fumble. It's been following him around, kind of like a Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, I uh, mean, decent. geez, you don't trade quarterbacks in this league unless you don't like them anymore. Right? You, yeah. you know what it is? It's like the Crosby, Stills, Nashing Young song. If you can't be with the love, uh, one you love, you love the one you would. So if you got a quarterback, you try everything you can to find the goodness in that guy before you get rid of him. Hey, baby, I'm riding the Americash Express and. <laughs> The next stop is number four, Christian Hackenberg from Penn State, the only quarterback taken in the second round, 51st overall, drafted by the Jets. They got a situation there. Geno Smith's in front of them as long as Fitzpatrick continues to do the Fitzpatrick disappearance show. Uh, What do you think of Hackenberg? Knock, knock, knock. Who's there? Bryce Petty. Bryce Petty who? Coach, I'm a damn quarterback. Put me in. That's what I think. I'm looking at Hackenberg, I'm looking at Smith, and I don't see any one of these guys bringing anybody in a Kelly Green uniform to any type of playoff game. I look at the Fitzpatrick situation, even if it's settled over there, Fitzpatrick will probably only hold down the job till he ends up blowing a few games like he did last year. The future of that program right now is Chan Gelly either getting something out of Bryce Petty or blowing everything up, tanking the season, and drafting Deshaun uh, Watson next season. Wow, drafting Deshaun Watson. Yeah, you know, you look at what's going on with Hackenberg. As soon as Bill O'Brien left Penn State, this kid went into the tank, and it really wasn't his fault. He brought in a a coach over there in Franklin that thought Venus DeMilo could throw the ball better than Hackenberg. He brought in a coach over there that couldn't recruit at Penn State. He brought a coach in over there that thought zone blocking was going to be a good scheme for this guy. The guy got destroyed in that pocket. Well, since you brought up Bill O'Brien and uh, being a good coach with uh, a new quarterback, he was good with Hackenberg. Will or Hackenberg was good with him, I should say. Will Brock Osweiler be good with Bill? Uh, good, but good enough for seventy million. That's going to be the big question. I mean, those right. guys have been going through quarterbacks down there like you and me go through uh, newspaper uh, reading. I, every time I turn around, there's somebody else starting for them. Uh, seven games as a starter, five and two record, and here I go. I'm handling you seventy million dollars. Something's not right with that picture. This is not the NBA. Yeah, I was surprised that they they gave him so much. He he's kind of untested. We really haven't seen him, and they've done so well, like you say, with so many quarterbacks. They they ran the most plays from scrimmage last year. They got a solid defense. They got a solid running game now, and to throw all that money at him, an unproven guy. I just don't know what they saw there. I think what they looked at, they looked at they needed somebody that was going to come in and quarterback for them now. And if yeah. you looked at what was on the market, unless they would have traded for a Kaepernick or something like that, uh, there's a problem there. I'm telling any team that's looking for a quarterback next year, watch the situation going down to Washington, though. Well, we are going to get there. Let's take a stop in Cleveland with uh, Cody Kessler. Of course, he's the USC guy. A uh, bit, bit of a smaller frame, shorter at least, 6'1", 220. Uh, picked by the Browns, third round, 31st pick. He was the second uh, quarterback taken in the third. Now, he's currently third on the depth chart, which, with a bit of a mess there, I think they're going to start off with RG3, although I think McCown's a better quarterback. Is Cody Kessler going to see time this year? 
I think so. I think you're going to have a situation over there where Hugh Jackson has never really shown much patience, especially with his quarterbacks. The good thing about the bad thing about Kessler is the size. The bad thing about him is uh, he simply lacks the arm strength that you need for an NFL offense. But he did come from a pro style offense, Mo. I mean, you look at what Sarkeesian taught him to do. He throws those downfield throws. I mean, he's very good on the quick slants. He's good on the deep post and outs, the wheel routes. I think the thing with Tindo is getting him into a comfort uh, a comfort zone because he's got a lot of good patience in the pocket. I like the way he checks off the uh, he does his second and third reads, and he's got a good quick setup and release. The only thing he's lacking is that uh, you know that cannon of an arm. Honestly, I thought he was going to take Cardell Jones in this draft. He spent an inordinate mm. amount of time with the guy, and Jackson and Jones I thought was going to be a nice marriage. Well, let's jump right up to Jones doing a bit of hopscotch here from Ohio State. Uh, 11-0 and as a starter. He, he's a bit of a wild card. Uh, Tossed balls last season, of course, to the Michael Thomas that went to the Saints. Some have compared uh, Cardell Jones to Dante Culpepper. Big frame, big arm. He was drafted in the fourth round by the Buffalo Bills. Now they've got E.J. Manuel, whom they've invested that first-round pick back in 2013 that hasn't shown much. Last year, we had a bit of a messy situation. Now, according to Rex, quote, Tyrod's the number one guy, EJ is two, Cardell is three. We know that going in. What do you think of Cardell Jones, and are they happy with Tyrod? I've heard some chatter coming out of camp, and I don't know why you wouldn't be happy with Tyrod Taylor. I think what it comes down to is like you showed me last year, but show me another year before I give you some big money. If you look around the league, everybody's been handing out big money, and the next thing you know, that quarterback had his one great year. He's never seen that again. I mean, you look at Jones, though. I mean, look at that frame. Look at that arm strength that he's got, the mobility in the pocket. But then you go back and you look at the way he reads defenses. It's probably the worst I've seen since Jamarcus uh, Russell. He's got tunnel vision, and he's got to break out of that. If you go back and look at last year, so many of his throws were either underthrown or overthrown. I mean, he really struggles with a lack of anticipation and timing. This is a guy that needs a patient coach. The good thing for him is, is that he's got a crazy coach up there on Rex Ryan that will afford him the opportunity to develop. Hell, if Rex Ryan kept Geno Smith around all those years as a starter, anything could happen. So do you think we're going to see uh, Tyrod run the gamut this year? Is I he gonna... Tyrod Taylor ended up being a very fine backup quarterback for somebody beginning in 2017. All right. Wow. Okay. I just don't see Buffalo coming up with the money. And the same thing, too, is go back to his pipeline. If the Buffalo Bills, whether Tyrod Taylor leads them to the Super Bowl or not, if somehow, someway they're able to move up and get to Sean Watson, Rex is going to grab that guy. I mean, Rex has spent uh, an ornament amount of time down at Clemson. I mean, his son is on the football team down there. He's seen mm-hmm. Deshaun. He loves Deshaun. And he's been openly covenanting this guy for the last two years. If somehow he's able to get him, great. But he's going to have to do it by trading up because if he does not make the playoffs, Rex and Rob Ryan will be sitting on the unemployment line. Yeah, that's that's the truth. Once again, folks, this is Pyromaniac Moan. We are talking to NFL scout Dave T. Thomas. Check out his analysis and insight at nfldraftreport.sportsblog.com. While you're on the internet machine, Stop by pyromaniac.com. We got info on our draft kit. How to become a pyro pro. Two fantastic tools you can use to dominate your fantasy football season. Information at pyromaniac.com. 
Com. We're going to continue our talk with one of the best scouts and one of my favorite folks to talk to in the business, so stay tuned. All right, gang, welcome back. Now, folks, if you are looking for some cool fantasy podcasts, check out Facebook.com forward slash FF Podcast Network. There you will find the Pyro Podcast along with a plethora of other great Fantasy Football Podcast. See it for yourself. Facebook.com forward slash FF Podcast Network. We are back with Dave T. Thomas, NFL scout and talent evaluator. We are in the middle of our rookie quarterback talk. We're going to get to tight ends shortly. Up next, we have the seventh quarterback taken in the draft. I'm talking Connor Cook from East Lansing, Michigan State Spartan. Uh, some characteristic issues. Some leadership questions drafted by the Raiders. Maybe that's perfect for character issues. Who knows? Um, second pick in the fourth round. They've got Carr. They've got a Matt McGloin. Now, Dave T., you've got close ties to the Raiders organization. Godfather was Al Davis. Uh, what do you hear about Connor Cook and how he's fitting in? He's a trade chip, my friend. It goes back to the old days what Green Bay used to do when Ron Wolf was out there. Draft a quarterback that everybody liked that all of a sudden fell down by the wayside. Bring him in. Let him look good in a game or two and then trade him up for better value. I don't see him replacing Derek Carr. To me, he's a Jay Cutler clone both on and off the football field. The thing is, he's got great size for a quarterback. He's a good short yarder rusher. He scans the entire field, very confident passer at all levels of his game. The biggest thing that I see with him, though, is that he gets too confident with his arm, uh, uh, forgets about his footwork, and decides to just throw the ball downfield. And when you start shot-putting the ball, that's when you end up in trouble. I don't like the way that he moves around in the pocket. I think that what he does is he wanders too much trying to look at his primary target rather than getting off on his secondary man. But he's a good ball player. I'm a little more concerned with his shoulder. I think that it was more so his shoulder that scared away people on draft day than the rumors about him not being a, a leader. I think, too, another thing over there was uh, Sage Father might have turned off a couple of teams. Hmm. Uh, the helicopter parents? Yeah, is? well, I think what it was is with the father coming out and trying to talk about his son like, uh, hey, my kid's better than everybody out there. People just don't want to hear that. Uh, yeah. you, you know, also, you look at uh, when a guy is given an offer from probably one of the greatest quarterback coaches in the industry, and you tell them, nah, I'll see you later. Uh, and when you don't show up down at the senior bowl where if he would have shown up, I mean, look at the mediocre performances of the quarterbacks down there and Kessler goes in the third round. Well, we're, I'm interested in to see what happens in Oakland. Of course, again, that's where Connor Cook went. We're going to stop back to the Bay and talk about Oakland here in a bit. Uh, but first, let's talk about Mississippi State. Dak. Prescott drafted by the boys, the Cowboys in the fourth round, 135th overall pick. Uh, now they've got Kellen Moore. Now, let me ask you, Dave T, what do you think? Uh, is Kellen Moore just a straight backup? And is Dak Prescott going to be groomed to be the Romo era parent? Or is really Kellen Moore the guy that they want to develop? If there was a way of doing it, Kellen Moore would be the perennial practice squad player. 
I mean, press, yeah. if I if Romo goes down on me, I'd much rather go to the rookie than go in there with Kellen Moore. I mean, really? the, the thing that I like about this guy, he's a dual threat. And what is Tony Romo? He's a dual threat when he's healthy. So you end up basically with a guy that's coming in with the same type of mentality out there. Hey, if I can't find a receiver open, I'm going to tuck the ball. I'm going to run with it. When he does step into his throws, this kid could deliver strikes. He's an extremely dangerous runner. I love his aggression when he starts breaking arm tackles. And the thing that I like about him, he uses his eyes. He holds the defenders in place. Uh, next thing you know, they got to make a quick recovery. If not, he's going for his secondary targets. He's got a natural feel for the passing game. The only thing that he lacks right now is experience at the NFL level. So let's see what happens with Tony. If Tony goes down, I got to go with Prescott. I mean, look what they did last year, weeding and all of them. Well, look what happened with the Pokes. Yeah. And when you said uh, Tony Romo was dual threat, I thought at first maybe you meant he, he can pass the ball and he can also get injured. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, with him, you know, you, you want Affleck on your sidelines and not Ben. <laughs> I like the one you said about him with the, he's doing like a Venus de Milo uh, trying to play without his arms. <laughs> Uh, next after deck Prescott was Cardell Jones, which we talked about, but the 10th guy taken is, uh, Kevin Hogan from Stanford. He's the, the, as I said, 10th overall taken. He was the only guy, only quarterback taken in the fifth round drafted by Kansas city chiefs. Now they've got Alex Smith. Of course, they've got Aaron Murray, whom wrote a wire listed as the backup. They've got Hogan listed as third. They have Tyler Bray as fourth. Tyler Bray was the 2013 undrafted free agent who at one point was battling Murray for the backup until he got injured. Now, can you give us any clarity here uh, in what do you think of the messy situation with the backup in Kansas City and how does Hogan fit in? I they're not going for Hogan over here with the idea that, hey, let's bring him into camp and then let him go. They're bringing Hogan into stick. So I think it's going to come down to the other two guys for the job. And I think it will, having Hogan on the roster will probably make Bray as the casualty. I mean, you look at him, okay, he doesn't have great accuracy, Hogan, but he does have impressive touch, especially on his deep ball. He's got to learn, though, how to step into his throws a little bit more, and that's probably why his accuracy has been off a bit. Same thing goes through. He doesn't have that great arm strength. But one thing that I like about this guy is he knows how to protect the ball. He knows that he shouldn't be forcing this ball into the pro uh, into uh, spots. He knows how to step up in the pocket. He's got great poise. Right now, though, I look at him, I look at him as the same thing with the situation up at Cincinnati behind Dalton uh, with McElroy. This is the yep. type of guy that I want to have on my bench because if something does happen out there to my spotter, Smith goes down, I bring Hogan in. Okay, Hogan's, you know what Hogan will then be for me? Hogan will be a good mechanic and he will call the plays that I send in from the sidelines. And the better thing about this kid is he already has familiarity with a pro-style offense. And that's the kind of quarterback Reed really wants with that offense. He's got a manager. Work, he's got to work on his uh, accuracy, though, especially on the deep passes. That elongated delivery will hurt him in the NFL. His mobility, I'm not concerned about because Kansas City has a very good offensive line. So, you know, if he can step up into the pocket, he'll do okay. Now, you mentioned accuracy, and we covered the top ten quarterbacks that were taken in the first five rounds but uh, a couple more just to throw out now this is beyond five rounds I'm talking sixth round now Nate 
Sudfeld, another big body, 6'6", 234, Indiana boy, drafted by Washington, as I said, in the sixth round. They've got Kirk, you like that, Cousins. They've got Colt, I ain't no Hatfield McCoy. And now they got Sudfeld. If Cousins goes down, is it certain that McCoy's the next guy in? Is Sudfeld just too much of a project or what? Oh, no. I mean, you're talking about this is a guy that in the last two years coming out of Manning's camp has been named the best pure arm in the camp. This guy certainly knows how to pass the ball, and with his size, he definitely passes the, the eye test. You look at him, the way that he moves in his setup and his delivery, excellent arm strength. I mean, this kid could definitely make any pass, he, uh, any pass in the NFL. Uh, the big thing on him, though, he does need to work with his footwork a little bit. Uh, he sort of drags that back foot, and that's one area that he needs to work on. But if you go back and look at the Gruden history of Jay or John of their father, these are guys that know how to work with quarterbacks. These are guys that know how to develop them. I mean, look at the way their cousins all of a sudden popped out of nowhere with uh, Gruden as coach over here, and all of a sudden RG3 is out the door. I think what they're looking at with him, though, Mo, is that let's bring him in. Let him sit here and learn. If Cousins doesn't do well, okay. Hey, listen, we had Cousins for one year, say la vie. If Cousins does well, well, then we either slap the franchise tag on Cousins again or try to get that Buku deal done. And like you say, Gruden, uh, Dalton flourished under him. Uh, we saw Cousins do it last year. Is was Cousins, in your opinion, was he a one-hit wonder last year, or is no, he no, 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 no? Cousins is a solid player for this league. Is he's a type of guy that's going to be a Terry Bradshaw type and rack up a lot of awards? No, I don't think that. But he's going to be an efficient type of quarterback. Uh, in other words, he's not going to do anything to embarrass you. Well, Cousins is a guy uh, I'm I'm chasing. As a uh, late-round drafter, we got him in our uh, Scott Fishbowl uh, League for fantasy. Uh, so I, I like to hear the confidence in Cousins. I'm going to ask you on your see, confidence. Though, I tell you one thing, though, Mo. I look at Nate yeah. Sudfeld, and I see him as Washington's future no matter what. I look at him, and I see Carson Palmer. And to, really? me, right, to me right now, there is no man that's got a better arm in the NFL than Carson Palmer. There is nobody that knows how to read defenses better than Carson Palmer. Wow, some some great takes, Dave. I'm a Sudfeld, you look at him and you see a Carson Palmer. Uh, I like some of these takes you're giving me. I, I loved it years ago when I ran the blue-gray game, and I called the University of Michigan, and they told me, you want who? And then I spoke to a man named Dr. Ping, and he says, I represent that guy, Tom Brady. Bring him down here. I want him in my game. Played for me in the blue-gray game. I took him over to the hula ball. He was the 17th quarterback taken in the draft. And I told him back then, too, man, I said, Tom, man, I said, you got the jazz. His problem was Lloyd Carr really blew it his last year up there. And look at Brady. I'm looking at Sudfeld, same situation. Listen, you don't lead the number two offense in the nation last year. Before he got hurt in 2014, they had the top passing offense in the nation. This kid could throw the ball. The kid only needs a little footwork and decision-making to work on because there is sometimes that he will uh, flip that ball when he shouldn't. But as a third-string quarterback for this year, great. Honestly, I keep him as number two because I'm not a Colt McCoy fan. All right, you dynasty drafters, Nate Sudfeld, uh, a name to jot down. 
The last guy I want to bring up is a Jeff Driscoll from Louisiana Tech, also a six-rounder, taken by the 49ers. Now, they've got Blaine Gabbert. They've got Colin, coulda, woulda, shoulda, Kaepernick. Thaddeus Lewis, who has a career 5-4 to four TD interception ratio. Then there's Driscoll bringing up the rear. Now, is he a work in progress with potential down the line, or do you see him as a career backup or even, I don't know, a journeyman quarterback? You know, any other type of offense, I would say journeyman, but if you look at the way what Chick Kelly wants from his people, he loves those well-built quarterbacks. He loves them with good overall weight distribution. He loves them when they're quick to set up and deliver the ball. His kid's got a snappy over-the-top release. I love the way he puts the velocity on his short and underneath routes. He could really fire that ball into tight windows when he's going deep. He ended up in a bad situation in Florida and got out and ended up at Louisiana Tech. This year, he looked really well in postseason action. I'm surprised he was still on the board that far down. We had him pegged to going around the fourth round. Wow, fourth round, and uh, yeah, it went uh, sixth. Okay, now I brought up twelve names, but is there anyone I did not bring up that you like as a as a late round flyer or a guy that uh, just sticks out in your memory? Well, you know, I got to go to number two twenty three, and let me tell you why. Adam Gasp, when he was up with Denver, when he was with Chicago, he Politely picked up uh, the nickname of uh, the quarterback whisperer because of mm-hmm. the way he was able to turn quarterbacks around. Look at Jay Cutler last year as a classic case in point. And now it's sort of ironic that he's head coaching down at Miami where they have probably one of the quarterbacks has been dogged in the media probably more often than any quarterback they've ever had in Tannehill. If Tannehill falls by the wayside, I mean, you look at Brandon Dougherty, what he's got. Okay, he lacks the ideal size and the arm strength that you want, but outstanding pre-play reads that he makes at the line of scrimmage. He's got good pocket awareness. This is a guy that if Adam Goss is able to develop, and Tannehill falls by the wayside, and nobody comes in there. I mean, you're going to have go. You're going to have quarterback whispering in capital letters then. Wow, that's a real interesting pick. I am not a Tannehill fan. What do you think of uh, Ryan Tannehill? I think he would make a very good tight end in this league, and I think that's what he should have <laughs> stayed at when he was at Texas A&M. All right, folks, you are listening. To the Pyro Light Fantasy Football Podcast, I, of course, am your host, Pyromaniac Mo. Follow me on Twitter, all letters, Pyromaniac Mo. I know it's getting to be that time of year, gang. You're starting to sign up for your fantasy football leagues. Well, I'm going to give you 10 bucks for doing it. Visit LeagueSafe.com forward slash Pyro, that's P-Y-R-O. Let them do the money collection and payout at the end, and they're going to toss you 10 bucks into the account just for signing up with them. Information at LeagueSafe.com forward slash Pyro. Stay tuned for more Rookie Talk with NFL scout Dave T. Thomas. Welcome back, folks. We are shooting the breeze, the fantasy breeze, as it were, with a pyro favorite, Dave T. Thomas. If you dig what you hear today, check out his website, nfldraftreport.sportsblog.com. It is all you need to get a handle on rookie talent coming into the league and, of course, what is hot in today's college players um what will your team look like this coming season find out at nfldraftreport.sportsblog.com all right dave t let's keep this ricky talk rolling we did our quarterbacks now let's look at tight ends now just a little caveat you fantasy drafters remember rookie tight ends rarely 
get anything done. So mostly we're talking dynasty players here. Um, there were four, or I'm sorry, there were five tight ends taken in the first five rounds. Uh, first, before we talk the rookies, though, Dave, a guy I know you love, and I want to bring us back to Oakland, Clive Walford. What do you think of Clive? Clive Walford to me is Dave Casper. Clive Walford to me is the perfect man to wear the silver and black. Clive Walford to me is Todd Christensen. You go back and look at the great tight ends that the silver and black had over the years, this guy will end up shattering all of their records. There is a caveat, as you would say, on that, though. He needs to stay on the football field. I mean, this is a guy with impressive deceleration off the line. He will challenge anything going down the seam. He's a quick quick athletic receiver i love his ability to catch the ball in stride and with that size of his oh my god and his athleticism he creates mismatches on a daily basis the thing i love is that he's got the valid speed i can line him up wide and know that he's going to beat the cornerback with his side and also with that long reach of his do you see what he did last year man 18 18 out of the jump balls that he went up for he came down with 17 of them god bless that's a great average it's uh Better than I do it, brushing my teeth in a month. My goodness. The only thing I jump, Mo, is out of bed and my car. I, I hear you. And, and most of the time I, I fall or uh, roll gingerly. Well, I tell you, too, you go back and look at that 2015 draft class. A couple of those tight ends are going to have to stand up this year. I'm expecting bigger things from Max Williams up at uh, Baltimore because – you know, when you're sitting back two years waiting for Dennis Peter to get back on the football field with those hip issues, that bothers me. And then you go to look at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, it's going to be an open battle for the tight end spot over there. And I think that uh, a guy from the Wild West is going to end up walking away with it, and that's Penn State's Jesse James. Really? Jesse James over Ladarius Green? Yeah. You know why? Ladarius Green's going to be that pass-catching guy, but Jesse James is going to be the guy that keeps Ben Roethlisberger standing up. And one thing that they're going to look at over there is their offensive line is not the greatest in the world. So if you go with him and you go with Spate as your two uh, tight ends in a double tight end formation, it's like having seven offensive linemen on the football field. Well, let me bring it back to Clive Walford because uh, in, in fantasy, you get points for basically receptions. So as a strictly pass catcher, how do you like Walford? Uh, if there is anybody that is with a perfect quarterback that relies on his tight end, it's going to be Clive Walford. Derek Carr likes getting rid of that ball quick, and if his receivers are covered, he doesn't look for that secondary target. He prefers to just, boom, let me just drop it in over the middle. All right, guys. Uh, Dave T. likes them. We at Pyro like them. Uh, Clive Walford is going 27th tight end off the board, according to Fantasy Football Calculator. Undrafted in 12-team leagues, 27th tight end off the board. While we talk 27, let's talk 26, because that's Vance McDonald just on the other side of the bay. Again, 26th tight end off the board. Uh, again, going undrafted in 14, uh, and going undrafted in 12-man leagues. Now, this is going to be Vance McDonald's fourth year, whereas Walford's just going into his sophomore season. Now, San Francisco, uh, by the way, Vegas has picked San Francisco to be the worst team. They've picked them only to win five games this year. In fantasy, that means negative game script, pass heavy. Uh, they're going to need to sling it to stay in it. Garbage time gains. All that could bode well for a pass-catching tight end. What do you think of Vance McDonald? 
I think that until they decide what's going to happen at quarterback, it's a problem. If it's Gabbert, I don't even see McDonald ended up with 20 receptions. If it's Colin, I don't see him ending up with 10 receptions. Neither one of those quarterbacks have ever had an affection for their tight ends. Go back and look over at Missouri. Go back over and look at Nevada. Uh, you're, you're turning around on this thing over here, and unless I got a blocker at tight end, I mean, hey, listen, you have one of the best pass catching tight ends on the planet the last couple of years, and not even Jim Harbaugh could figure a way to get Colin Kaepernick to get in the ball in Vernon Davis. Yeah. I think that right now, if you're going for a tight end, it would, probably there's 31 other starting tight ends out there that I go for before I take McDonald. All right, that's Vance McDonald and San Fran. Dave T says just say no, but say yes to Clive. Now let's talk. Now Go could ahead, I sir. pass over one that I really would think you guys should listen about as far yeah. as numbers go? Head down yeah. to New Orleans, Kobe Sleener. Look at what Jimmy Graham did down there. Look what Ben Watson did down there with a quarterback named Drew Brees. If I'm anybody right now and Kobe Fleener is on a board in my fantasy football thing, I'm acting like a cannibal. Yum yum, eat him up. We just picked him up in our uh, Scott Fishbowl 480. Uh, we picked up Fleener. Um, we, we've got a solid team. And like you say, New Orleans, 160 vacated targets with some of the guys that left. So that's going to spell goodness for Mr. Fleener. And you got to look at the ty- the quarterbacks that like using their tight ends yeah. a lot. I mean, if it's not that, yeah, I mean, it's the same case uh, when we start talking about the first tight end taken in this draft. I think it's going to be a wait and see more so for uh, Mr. Hunter Henry, because it's going to come down to as long as Antonio Gates is healthy on the football field, Antonio Gates will continue to get the ball. That's why Mr. Ladarius Green is no longer wearing a San Diego Charger uniform. Now, we saw San Diego, they, they did well with two tight ends, with Green and Gates. Of course, Hunter Henry from Arkansas was taken in the second round. Do you think he is the future, or are they going to try to work him in as a pass-catching tight end this year? Oh, no, you're talking about a kid that's got very good body control. He easily adjusts working into the second level of stock defenders. I like his blocking ability. I mean, probably blocking is probably one of his best assets, especially with his hustle getting downfield. This is the type of kid, man, that even after the whistle is going, what he's still going to be out there trying to look for somebody to hit. I'm not worried about his blocking ability. I think he's a fluid pass catcher, great body control man. He easily adjusts to the throws, but I think it's going to come down to seniority, at least for the first year or so. Yeah. I mean, you go back and look at everything that Roger, uh, that uh, Rivers has done over the years, and him and Antonio Gates are attached at the hip. Yeah, they're riding a, a tandem bicycle uh, on the beach right now, I think. But, you know, uh, the thing comes down to, too, is that if Gates goes down, I got somebody I could easily slide in over there and develop a relationship with in Hunter Henry. Absolutely. And Gates, we're, we're talking a 36-year-old tight end. Uh, so The only good the, thing on Gates the, is he doesn't have uh, that four years of college of taking hits on his body. But the thing is, like you say, you look at that birth certificate over there and, you know, when you're hanging out with numbers in the 80s instead of the numbers in the zeros, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. He's long and tooth. He's seen a lot. Now, I like Hunter Henry a lot. Again, not so much this year, but in Dynasty, a guy that, again, I'm going to make the public announcement, uh, public service announcement avoid rookie tight ends, you fantasy drafters, but one guy who you might take a chance on. Again, really more dynasty is Austin Hooper 
from Stanford, second tight end taken in the draft, uh, taken by Atlanta. Now, Dynasty folks, again, great kid to look at. Not as much this year, but they've been looking for somebody since Tony Gonzalez rode off into the sunset. Has not been Levine Toilolo this year. They got Jacob Tammy, but certainly there's high hopes for Hooper. Is there not, sir? Oh, there better be down there because if not, Matt Ryan's going to continue to play all of those love songs that he had for uh, Tony Gonzalez. Did Matt Ryan look lost last year or what yeah. without TG out there on the football field? I like Cooper. You know, he's got a lanky frame, but he's got broad shoulders. He's got those long limbs, so I know he's going to go for the ball. I want to sit him down at that training room table and put about 15 pounds on him, though. I mean, you know, sometimes I think if a strong gust of wind comes along, he's going to get blown over to the sidelines. But he's got strong hands. He knows how to latch onto the ball. He's a tenacious little guy, and he's surprisingly strong when it comes to sustaining his blocks. The big thing, though, is, is like you say, Matt Ryan needs a tight end or that offense is not going to be able to move. Yeah, they were stuck in the mud last year. Couldn't really get out of second gear. Uh, hopefully, a new system last year. Uh, you know, some time spent in that system uh, under the belt. Now they're a little bit more familiar. Uh, we shall see. I don't know. Would I don't know like if they're going to use him as a tight end, though, Mo. I think that they're probably going to use him more in motion or as an H-back, at least till he develops, you know, that strength to handle the inline blocking duties. But right now, I look at the guy, too, and, you know, the joke over at Stanford was that if, uh, you know, the snap went, uh, he was the last man off the line. So this mm. is not a guy that's going to accelerate that has that great burst. He builds his acceleration nicely, but if you're going to go dink and dunk, uh, he might not be there to get the ball for you. Okay. They need somebody there. They've, they've been taking some hits over the years. What with uh, uh, Roddy White's deterioration right before our eyes. So they need to get something going. Now, number three. Number three tight end taken from Ohio State. A bunch of Buckeyes bought in the draft this year. I'm talking uh, Nick Vanette, drafted towards the end of the third round by the Hawks, uh, who, of course, Jimmy Graham. But if you ask me, that patellar tendon is too big of a hurdle to overcome. They also have Luke Wilson, filled in admirably last year. But what do you think of Nick Vanette? Well, they may have to bring in Luke Wilson, the actor, to play behind Luke Wilson because, <laughs> hey, guys, uh, Vanette's showing up in training camp right after back surgery. <laughs> mm. I mean, this is a guy that might end up uh, playing the slot or the H-back for them over there, but he's probably more of a candidate for the populace to start the season. I mean, if he's healthy, he's a good run blocker while they're working in space at the tight quarters. I like his speed. He plays with good leverage. But the whole thing comes down to if you've got a bad back over here, you're not going to be able to get into your, down in your stance. You're not going to show much shaking in your route anyway, especially uh, to create separation because you're going to be too stiff. Well, we've seen bad back from Marshawn Lynch. Uh, we've seen the injuries, what they've done to Graham. So, Vanette, you're saying it could be a bumpy first year, huh? Uh, I think so. I think this is the type of kid that I looked at. You know what? If you're not ready for the start of the season, let me keep you on the pup list. I'll come back in November if I need you. If not, I'll see you in uh, next September. I'm surprised they would do that. What with the Graham health concerns? Well, they didn't they know he was going to go back surgery until they got him into rookie camp. <laughs> Ooh, that's you. that's my problem with the combines. I say that the medical part of the combine should be done in April. 
I want to check the guys before I draft them. Now, if you do it in February and here's these guys going through pro days, all the individual workouts, still working out on campus, you might have a few oops along the way. Somebody might drop a weight on your foot or uh, you might pull a muscle or you might break a bone. And then all of a sudden, I'm not out there with an updated uh, medical report on these guys and going, wow, look what the heck they just drafted over here. They just brought somebody in that's going to have to go on Obamacare. Good point. Good point. Now, the the next guy I want to talk about, we're we're coming up towards the end of our hour here with Dave T. Thomas. I'm Pyromaniac Mo. We're talking rookie tight ends. Got a couple left. Tyler Higby, Western Kentucky, fourth rounder taken by the Rams. As I said earlier when I'm talking golf, uh, five of six draft picks went to the offensive spot. Uh, all of the five were offensive skill players. In fact, Higby was one of two tight ends taken by L.A. He was the first one taken. They have the athletically gifted Lance Kendricks, and uh, now that Cook is gone, uh, maybe there's opportunity for Kendricks, but they also have Corey Harkey. What do you think about Tyler Higby this year and in the future? Remember, uh, what was that kid up at uh, Detroit a couple of years ago, that wide receiver that's been in and out, uh, Randall down at uh, Dallas, uh, uh, the kid Young up at uh, Detroit. Uh, Let's put Tyler Higby in that category. I see this guy probably wearing eight digits on his jersey before he wears two. I see this guy catching passes from Ryan Leaf in jail before he ends up catching them from Jared Goff. Natural Mm. hands catcher and everything else, but go back and look at his medical reports from the last two years. Go back and look at all of the legal issues he's got from the last two years. Uh, I like a fighter in my tight end, but uh, don't do that out on the street. Let's do that on the football field. And why did they go for a second tight end over here? Because that kid is a sleeper. I mean, this kid they call 2D, he's so skinny, but you put some meat on Tamara Kemaway, you might have the best tight end to come out of the small college ranks since some kid came out of some Savannah State many years ago with the last name of Sharp. Were you talking about the the Detroit Lions, the wide receiver from yeah, Boise Titus State? Young or something. Titus Young. Yeah, yeah. Titus yeah. Young. I mean, I mean, between him and uh, John Randall, I mean, it's like uh, let's look at the police plot today. I know the names on there somewhere. <laughs> wow. All right. So, but Higby, you... Higby's that type of guy. I, I, you know, when you got a Kenny Britt. And you got a Trumaine Johnson in your locker mm-hmm. room that's already what I would call a cancer. And now you're mm-hmm. bringing in Tyler Higby? Boy, this coach definitely has got suicidal tendencies. Not only that, in a party town, L.A., uh, lots to be distracted by there. Uh, if I'm the Kardashians, I'd be ducking. <laughs> All right, let's move to the last tight end taken in the first uh, five rounds. He was the, of course, he was taken in the fourth. There was no tight end taken in the fifth. He is Seth Deval from Princeton, drafted by the Browns. Rotowire has him buried on the depth chart. Oh of course my God! He was forty seventh. Forty seventh was the highest rating he got from any NFL team. You want to laugh? They got him on their depth chart right now. Fourth string at fullback. That's what I'm talking about, Cleveland. If you go back and look at that draft over there, you might as well go, huh? You know, outside of their first four picks, I move everybody down at least around the two rounds, or I, I wouldn't even taking those guys. I mean, outside of Drango, late down on the draft, I don't see anybody after you get past their first four bringing any type of performance out there on that football field. If anybody had a horrible draft this year, it was the Cleveland Browns. We're talking about a team here that spent thousands on that quarterback survey that their uh, quarterback study that said to take Bridgewater, and they took. 
Johnny Football. And this is a team that's had thousands of people working in their front office in the last three years because their owner cannot make up their mind. Sir, is there any tight end that, uh, or any players that we didn't bring up that you feel uh, warrant a, a quick blurb? Oh, God, I like the other tight ends out there, too. I mean, look at the Minnesota. They got one tough son of a gun. That's David Morgan out of Texas, uh, San Antonio. Strongest tight end in this draft. The only problem is, is his speed. If he was in the race with a pregnant woman, he'd come in third. I go down <laughs> and I look at Thomas Duarte. Remember Joe Rose when he was with the Miami Dolphins? He was there for one reason only. We want you to go up for the ball in the red zone. We want you to jump and Sky for the ball. Now they got a six foot two, two hundred thirty one pound over forty one inch vertical in Thomas DeWatte. I'll be real curious to see how Adam Gas gets away using him down there. And then you go look at Cam. Cam loves those tough son of a guns. There's probably no better blocker in this draft than Bo Sandlin. Bo Learned the tra- tricks of the trade to block him when he was at Miami. Ended up transferring to Montana State, and that's where he became a wide receiver. Keep your eye on pick number 252. Something special is going to happen up in Carolina. Of course, they got Greg Olson there, even old Dixon. Uh, you got a few guys there, but uh, Bo Sandlin. All right. You see, when I talk about a rookie, Mo, I talk about, okay, he might do something for you this year, but go on the three-year plan because I go right. with a plan that a rookie his first year is like a redshirt season. He needs to learn how to digest the playbook. Second year, he has to go out there and apply himself. Third year, he better go out and produce, or in the fourth year, I'm finding his replacement. Well, that's why we're marketing this one to Dynasty Leagues. And again, if you are a Dynasty player or IDP, you want to do yourself a favor and check out the NFL draftreport.blogspot.com from Dave T. Thomas. Mr. Thomas, it has been a pleasure, as always, to talk to you. Let me ask you a question, Mo. Do you play college fantasy football? I haven't dabbled into college. I tell you, I, I love watching college. I'm a Notre Dame fan i know lots of people are doing it but dave it's it's so time consuming just to keep up on the nfl well if your fans out there do follow college and they do play fantasy i'm sure a lot of them are going to go for the clemson quarterback but i'm going to give you a name right now who i think is going to tear up the pages a guy that's going to put up stats like no tomorrow go check out the kid at oklahoma state mason rudolph as far as i'm concerned he's probably the most productive quarterback in this draft you want the best quarterback in college football he's not even eligible for the draft go look at ucla's josh rosen this kid when he comes out into the pros will be the second coming to troy aikman Wow. All right. And, you know, that's one thing we are going to do with you is do some more college preview. Not only are we going to talk much earlier in the season next year, uh, right towards the end of the college season, going up into the combine, going up into the draft. So we're going to be visiting with you a lot more in the future. So stay tuned for that pyromaniacs because Dave is the best. Well, if you go over to my site right now, I have 860 offensive players eligible for the 2017 draft rated along with scouting reports and position analysis. Yeah, guys, stay tuned because we are going to do a uh, college talk with Dave T coming up very soon. Like I said, throughout the coming season, we're going to be checking him with in, in with Dave early and often. Dave T, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, I hope all is well, and we will certainly look for you very soon uh, to chat more football. Peace out, Mo. 
Thank you very much, sir. And Pyromaniacs, as always, uh, I am Pyromaniac Mo. Give me a follow on Twitter. Check out what we got going over at Pyromaniac.com. You will not be disappointed. And check out NFLDraftReport.blogspot. I'm sorry, NFLDraftReport.sportsblog.com for Dave T. Thomas and all of his work. And until the next time, we will catch you on the flip side. Is where you wait to see the queen.